walk into a bar On a cool winter's evening underneath the stars And we'll find somewhere close we don't want to walk far Nor do we want the hassle You're in the cool room. I am Damien Gibson and joining me is... I never know what to say. Co-host? What's... Like, we're co-hosts, right? He's Dave. But then David, yeah. He's David Griffiths. <laughs> You've been very late night, you know, talk show host voice there for a minute, which given it's, you know, half past nine is, on a Sunday yeah. night. Love songs and dedications. It's- <laughs> Do those shows what still are exist? You? Oh, I have no idea. I listen to podcasts, man. Mm, same. But about, I presume about cricket. Yeah, I, presu- <laughs> I presume that somewhere, yes, they do. I, you know that they out must. In, yeah, out in Nary Warren, you know, Warren is sending a Ario Speedwagon song to <laughs> Nary. That's exactly what, that's exactly where I was going. Well, I watched a game of football last night because my my footy ball team was playing another football team. Um, Richmond were playing Melbourne. I don't know why I didn't just say that. Uh, I reckon I saw an ad for Chrissy, John Owen, Sam Pang, a hundred and four times. Uh, so radio still exists because those guys are on the radio. <laughs> yep, but maybe no one's listening to them because I saw a hundred and four advertisements for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I presume just having such fun day. They yeah, really I, are. I presume. I presume <laughs> that the entire Melbourne tram network is essentially sponsored by breakfast radio programs, and that That's you know, if, true. It, if it wasn't for <laughs> breakfast radio, there'd be no trams left for us. True. Well, we we can thank them for that. <laughs> the last thing I heard about any sort of radio was my mum being upset that Red Simons. I think I told you this a few times. Actually, that my mum was very very upset that Red Simons wasn't on the ABC anymore. But I was only telling you about it because I had to hear about it every second day. <laughs> so I, if I had to hear about it, <laughs> I texted seven seven four the other day. I was I, I oh reached, my god! I, 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 was so <laughs> I was so outraged. I was so outraged at a particular piece yeah. that I I texted them in and told them off and told them I was turning off and really? then promptly didn't turn them off. <laughs> <laughs> what did they? We done? don't need to go into all the gory details. Oh, it was one of those Saturday morning how to make more money and make sure you have more money than your neighbours type. Oh, segment, okay. right? Yeah, and I just, yeah, it, it just it, it ground my gears. To, you know, yeah. got my goat. <laughs> Surely, there's enough other evil radio stations out there. Yeah, that was yeah exactly. Can't can't we just sort of talk about how nice it is to pat cats or how nice yeah. it is to have daffodils grow in? That's the usual winter? Saturday morning pace for yeah. ABC local. Oh, there is normal. There's normally a finance segment, and normally it's pretty inoffensive. But this one was. Yeah, it was. Oh, I remember that. But it's people, <clears throat> isn't it? People going, I've got eighty six dollars in my superannuation that I want to, get, or I've got, you know. Yeah. Oh no, 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 that's exactly. How what much it, money do I put into my grandson's it, it, saving account? When yeah, I but start this was more. It. This was more of the. I have seven properties, oh. and uh, Joe down the road has nine. Now, why is it that when he leave, I don't even, I can't even remember. Yeah, no, remember. I'm, what, I'm already angry. Yeah. <laughs> Outraged of Flemington. Um, so we've been recording a lot. Recently. We have. Uh, so a lot of uh, uh, interviews and excursions. Uh, we went out to Deeds Brewing on Friday morning. Uh, it's Sunday night now, if you're wondering why I'm saying Friday morning. Um, out in Glen Iris, which was cool. It was actually a really mm. cool trip and um, really like good and long chat. Um, and an awesome big facility. Yeah, huge. 
massive. We couldn't find it. No, because, because it we ended kept up the whole to... block yeah. ended up being <laughs> their brewery. Um, yeah, so it was. Uh, I'm completely forgetting names again. David, help. No, I like it when you do this. No, it's one of your most enduring Justin features. and Pat. Pat, yes. I almost got it. I got 50%. Uh, we had a really good chat with those guys, uh, even though I couldn't remember their names as usual, um, which we'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, so my point is... Yes, Damien. I haven't done anything except pack boxes and study for two days. So I don't have any, I don't have any recommendations or stories or anything well, Given like that, that I didn't last time and I feel like I've not had any fun going out and about stories, hmm. that I've diligently went out and did some visiting of other places yes. over the last... So I have both, well, controversy corner, as I like to call it, which may or may not be really that controversial. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, one visit amounted to that and one visit amounted to me going back to my youth and discovering my youth was no longer there, Damien. Oh, no. So you, it, can, you can decide which of those two stories you... Let's start with the Oxford Scholar, which I think is the... The latter. Yeah, the yeah, latter. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then so, we'll, we'll, we'll finish on Controversy Corner. So, so when you went to the Oxford Scholar, the Oxford, which mm. opposite RMIT in Melbourne, which many, many people would have been to over the years, yeah. and I have fond memories of to the extent of too much time spent there and not enough mm. study done the next day yeah. kind of status. We were discussing that this morning. It was uh, the birthplace of a lot of... Not necessarily bad ideas, just procrastination. That's exactly right. It was back in the day, especially, it was big enough that you could more or less sit out the back and not drink if you'd run out of money Mm -hmm. and still not go home. And no one really cared because you weren't taking anyone's seat or anything like that. (laughs) It was just so big. (laughs) What's Uh, it like now? Because I know it's been renovated. I've walked past it. It's renovated. It looks fancy. it It had to be shut for. Uh, while they were doing some of the works for the Metro Tunnel and stuff as well, mm. I think. Um, it's it's nice and it's serviceable, yeah. but it doesn't feel like a uni pub in any way, shape or form anymore. No. It just looks like you know, that Douglas Adams line about, you know, little expense was spared to make it look like no expense had been spared. <laughs> and just, That's and it, exactly it was what it looks all, like, yeah. All nice new wood that was well varnished and, you know, all the seats were very... You know, you could, you could sit there for the appropriate amount of time before you got sore and felt like it was time to move on. <laughs> well, even just walking past a couple of times, it, it very much like looks like similar sort of thing with the ESPY. It's not, uh, which has been renovated recently as well. Everything's very, yeah, new, but pur- yes, purposely it- sort of, you know, like distressed jeans. I, like that sort of thing. The SB <laughs> like pre-distressed least, jeans. The SB at least felt like you were definitely in the SB, whereas mm. you could have been absolutely anywhere. Anywhere, yeah, right. Absolutely anywhere, and it wouldn't have made a difference. It's not a, you know, I'd go there and have another beer again. It's not like I'd never walk in the doors, but yeah. I wouldn't. It just sort of lost all of a charm of what a university pub was. Yeah, I don't really remember it being that beaten. I mean, I suppose it's twenty years ago, <laughs> but I don't remember it being that beaten down or anything when we would go there. Not that we went there that often, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I, it wasn't ever. Too, it just sort of just feels like that little bit too much gloss. But is on there, the plus side, yeah. If you say you're from RMIT, you get fifteen percent off. Fifteen percent. Mm. Well, off 
five bucks. I well, I, I don't know, but like literally, the person said to me, "You know, are you from RM?" This is at like you know four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Are you from RMIT? And I said, "Surely the right answer to this question is going to be yes." <laughs> and they said, "You're not, are you?" I said, "No." <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was just like. <laughs> But what's people unless they just banned bucks? everyone from RMIT? Was there, I guess most people said oh, yes, yeah. and they'd go, "Radio, you can't come in here then since the incident." <laughs> but that whole that whole little area is a lot nicer than it was. Absolutely, yeah. Twenty years ago, are they trying to do anything? I don't know why I did little finger waggles. <laughs> you did do little finger waggles. And I found that Mr. Burns. Kind of. I don't know why yeah, it's exactly. Yes, uh, yes, they're mating hounds with bees. Release the hounds. <laughs> um, uh, are they trying to be like a craft beer or anything like a craft beer pub? Or? Not that I noticed. I mean, it was a fairly fleeting visit, but I just thought I'd make an attempt to dame in to yeah. you know, get out there. Oh, well. I had a... They had, a man, they had mountain goat on tap, and I had a mountain goat, and it was tasty, and it was all clean and good. Yeah. But it also <laughs> just sort of felt like, yeah, it yeah. just more so than the SP for me. I'm quite happy with the SP renovation, but this one just sort of made me go, oh, it just doesn't feel like the pub opposite, you know, mm. a big artistic university, for want of a better That's true. phrase. Sometimes you need a blank canvas to be able to, you know, Turn a place into something. Did you learn that at RMIT? <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, 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 like a place like that. A lot of the time, will just take on its own atmosphere because of the people who are in it. So, yeah. and in fairness, it was four o'clock on a Saturday, and there was nary a student to be found. So that's you know, true. They're not. Gonna they would have all been tucked up in their little student nests. Yeah, that. that's true. They're not going to be at school on a Saturday, man. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. <laughs> And where was the other? Should we get to controversy, controversy corner. corner that I I didn't really get when you sent it, sent it to me? Which well, makes it seem like all I've done is be outraged for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. It's, well, yeah. we get you know we. I turn, you know, you're in your forties, and I turn I'm, forty. And I am well weeks. into my forties. <laughs> So, you know, I think that's just what happens. I'm constantly upset about stuff all the time. But I've been like that since I was 21. No, you know, I'm the same, really. <laughs> I just don't often voice it publicly. But uh, So, Controversy Corner was part of Beer Deluxe at Fed Square. Ah, uh, that's where that was. Right, right, right. Um, which, overall, can I say, first of all, the staff were fantastic. Yeah. Secondly, they've now sort of got a new little upstairsy area. Oh. A really nice space. And yeah. that was all good. Um, it was probably more just sort of uh, – long story short, they had some of my favourite beers on tap mm. in the barrel bar. So KBS, they had Cantillion, yeah, Creek, they had like, you know, some really rare and fun beers, some mm. La Serene, Praline, really good fun beers, mm. all coming out of big wooden barrels. Uh, but as it turns out, all coming out of plastic lines that were running through empty big wooden barrels. Ah. And I'm not at the same level of outrage that I was with ABC local radio <laughs> on this one. Uh, and we did a little sort of straw poll type thing, and I think most people sort of responded with, nope, it's, they're great beers, I wouldn't care how they were being – not that I wouldn't care how they're being served, but I'm not yeah. worried about whether they're coming out of a wooden barrel or not. Yeah, But there was just still something about it to me that just didn't quite – feel right yeah. and you can imagine people going there 
and going, oh, wow, this is different. I've had KBS, you know, out of yeah, stubbies out of before. Bottle, yeah. But this is going to be amazing. I'm going to get to drink it out of one of the barrels. Yeah. And, and that would have been a experience. Yeah, and that would have been a reasonable thing on the face of it to expected hmm. to have expected was happening. Yeah. So I was just sort of interested, and I was interested to see what people out in listener land and our Facebook land thought think about, about it. it. Yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. And so, like, so the line is coming out of a plastic keg, but then yeah. out through, right, which the then runs through. A, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just not have it at all? Yeah, and I and get then, it, it's the aesthetics of sitting around barrels, which is quite a nice thing to do. Yeah. But it's just that sort of thing of not. For all of us ultra beer geeks that probably know that's how it's happening. Mm. But if you were just a general punter and you can almost imagine, I don't know, taking your dad there and going, yeah. oh, yeah, this is going to be really amazing. I've had this beer before and we go into the barrel room and it's going to be, yeah. you know, it's going to be different. And yeah. then he goes up and gets them and, you know, they're changing the plastic keg out the back. Yeah. And he sort of goes, oh, hang on, this isn't what you said it was. Yeah. And your dad probably loves you anyway, so it makes no difference. <laughs> in this. But, but yeah, it was just that little pretty was, harsh dad if he's still loving it <laughs> on the, the basis, basis of that. <laughs> this just, is the final straw. <laughs> I've been waiting for an in- <laughs> 45 years. I've been waiting for a chance to write you out of the will. And the better see lost dogs homes getting everything now. Well, it's good for those puppies. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it really isn't the biggest issue of all time. There's just some part of it that just sort of didn't feel right. Mm. Didn't sort of feel like it was. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think, like, ultimately, if you're going to kind of, you know, I don't want to start a flame war with Beer Deluxe, but if you're going to, <laughs> if you're going to do, either do it or don't, it, it feels a bit sort of half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I still haven't found the right words to express it, even a few days in, but mm. not quite right. Yeah, of, the beer tasted lovely. Yeah, still some of my favourite beers in the world. You know, but there's just something about it. Just sort of, if you're selling a product and make and charging people the premium that you've got to pay to mm. charge for those beers, yeah, you sort of want to be authentic in all of it, I guess. Mm. Yeah, if you're going to have a smoking room, make sure you can smoke in it sort yeah. of thing. I mean, I don't know whether that's a good metaphor or not. but yeah. I mean, you know, on the same token, you know, having said all of that, we've got the wheel of beery mystery at the Bowls Club tonight. At the Bowls <laughs> Club. The Bowls Club. Club. <laughs> the Bowls. I was talking Bowls Club with people earlier on tonight. Right. The wheel of beery mystery at the Royal Mail. Yeah, we haven't and mentioned that, actually. Which no, spin you, spin up a wheel, spin yes. up a beer. There has um, been a wheel, a... Uh, don't get people too excited, Damien. This, is, this seems in sadness, this story. No, I was just going to say a Chuck Lotto-esque. <laughs> we broke the wheel tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is, this is sort of my mayor culpa along similar lines, but I'm criticising other venues. I was going to say, we've been putting out that we've got the new wheel of beery mystery yeah. and someone broke it tonight. So I think it's lasted approximately eight days before we've snapped it. Oh, no. What, just spinning it. They- yep. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're back. If anyone out there is a wheel engineer, <laughs> and presuming that Stuart's not listening, you know. I mean, I've, I've, sent oh, him, I've already no sent him good. a Black Hawk Down message, so, you know. No. <laughs> Did he write back? Uh, yeah, I don't think it was, I think it's Sunday night. He chose not to take the issue particularly seriously, which right. is fair enough. <laughs> oh, no. That, that was, that's heaps of fun, though. 
We'll, oh, get, we'll, we'll get it back. It'll get we'll fixed. Fix. That's yeah. right. But in the meantime, <laughs> we'll be running a plastic line through the wheel of beer. And <laughs> um, address your concerns to ABC Local Radio, care yes. of Triple Nine Four in Any your capital city. you have it with the Call Room podcast, uh, text in seven one three one seven seven four. That would actually be hilarious. Don't do it. But that would Why be. Why not? <laughs> We have to coordinate it so everyone sends them yeah, at the same... The doesn't have any money. They can't sue us, man. What do they get? <laughs> as long as everyone does it at the same time so that on the finance segment, <laughs> everyone just sends through that they're trying to build one, three, a one, wheel one, of seven, beer. Seven, four. <laughs> and say you want to speak to Red. <laughs> <laughs> this is Damien's a message for Red. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the pub, we have some events that... Uh, well, this when this is coming out, which will be the, this Friday, uh, will be two weeks away from the first birthday. Yes, so uh, which was the reason for visiting Deeds Brewing, who mm. are making some amazing beers, as you'll hear about in a minute or two's time. Yes, uh, and Tad down in the Royal Mail Kitchen has designed some special uh, meals or little tasting plates to go with each of the beers that we're going to have. Uh, listen to what Deeds say about their beers, but in addition to their really fun ones, we're going to have things like the Founders Sumatra Brown, which we're going to do with an Affregato-style uh, oh. uh, vanilla ice cream. We've got the Moondog Apple Crumble beer. You can have a guess as to what's going to happen with that. Uh, we've got Rodenback, which we're going to do a little Pavlova-style thing with. Nice. Uh, all A whole range of little savoury morsels. Hmm. Saturday the 24th from when we open at And that's midday. the high tea theme. That's beery high tea. Mm. So and that, we'll, we'll be here. You can talk to us. Yeah. And it's not ticketed, so even if you hear this 24 <laughs> hours. Or you can hours, talk to us if yeah, you that's don't exa- want. That's <laughs> exactly right. You can just sit down in the corner and write a letter of outrage to... Mm. To, <laughs> to <laughs> P.O. Box 774, <laughs> South Melbourne... <laughs> We're going to get in trouble with the ABC. We, 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 it's okay. They're not listening. Sorry, right. we're never going to get a job with them. Or maybe we will. It's like these guys are evil geniuses. We have to hire them. Get them, get them off the streets before they criticise. We need two, two men who talk about beer and giggle. I've got just the men. Uh, so we've got that happening. Uh, and, of course, I've completely forgotten. Uh, the, grand uh, final day with right, Moondog, Ban Migen, so Vietnamese-themed uh, grand final weekend. How can I forget when Richmond are going to be playing in it? I, 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 I think that's exactly why you've forgotten, <laughs> Damien. I think you made a decision about you know six months ago to <laughs> stop thinking about grand final day. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're starting to regret that I've decision. Completely, yeah, no, I've completely jinxed any hope Richmond had of making or winning the grand final by showing a slight amount of arrogance <laughs> there. <laughs> if only other Richmond fans followed your lead and, and felt that way about their support. No, no, they're not backwards and coming forward. They're not backwards and coming forward. No. <laughs> so few fans are. It's because I've... I learned how to footy somewhere else before I got to Richmond, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, so your big, big, fun Vietnamese-themed grand final, yes. public holiday, grand final AFL Saturday, we'll have the NRL on Sunday, mm-hmm. all sorts of little tasty morsels, and uh, Ban Mi Geden, which is one of Moondog's top-rating beers, yeah. so that'll be a good day. And then I think we've sort of hinted a little bit, but we can hint a little bit more that mm-hmm. uh, when Metallica... Uh, in town, 
we're going to they're have playing at the Royal Mail. <laughs> <laughs> they're not playing at the Royal. They're playing at Marvel Stadium, a venue with just a slight bit more capacity than the Royal Mail. A couple more, yeah. Uh, we're going to have a special dinner and do all sorts of fun bits and pieces, but we're also going to brew a special black beer with kaiju, which I can reveal is 6.66% alcohol. Awesome. So you can the blackest pick, beer. That's right. How much blacker? None. None <laughs> blacker. Oh, man. I was just thinking of some of my favourite scenes from some kind of – it's some kind of monster, the documentary. It is. Right. Our event's going to be called Our Kind of Monster. And there's like, which is also awesome. I think it's awesomer. But, but don't tell Lars or he'll come around and no. set fire to my paintings no, or something. No, just want money. Yeah, that's that's exactly. all he ever wants. Oh, the scene where uh, Lars is selling all his artworks is, is hilarious. It is. And it's literally wonderful. turns to the camera and says, I don't really know what half of these are. Uh, but, you know, they're making me a lot of money. And it's like a basquet. Uh, basquet. Is it basquet? Is that I don't know. Is, is, that, uh, is that French for basket? <laughs> he had Kandinsky's. I don't know yeah. who ba- who's basket. The I don't, I'm sure I'm not saying his name correctly, which <laughs> ruins the whole joke. Um, the guy, the African American dude, New York uh, painter from the 80s that Andy Warhol took under his wing before he died. I'm genuinely not sure. Um, yeah, like he discovered, like Warhol discovered him just painting on walls and stuff, and then. It's very Warhol, so yeah. I'm think I'm pretty sure it's Basquet, Basquet, Basquet. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure literate outrage. You do text in to one three one seven seven four. Let us know. <laughs> um. Anyway, so there's it. there's three big fun events amongst yes. a whole lot of other bits and pieces. Um, we might you know fix the wheel of beer and have a special weekend to celebrate the wheel of beery <laughs> mystery being restored. It might be a, it might be a fortnightly event by the looks of things. <laughs> um, yes. Well, I think that's we've probably bantered enough. <laughs> I'm sure people <laughs> want to hear the interview. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yes, uh, this is our conversation with Justin and Patrick at uh, Deeds. My thoughts are my own. Walking around the corner, above is inside. Up there on the left. Just pass those lights We've been there before Yeah, that place is alright Let's pull up a stool And settle in for the night We're here at Deeds Brewing uh, David is here as always And we're joined by Justin and Patrick uh, This morning And we're having breakfast beers At 9.45 in the morning Am I going to get anyone in trouble for saying that, guys? Are you going to get in no, trouble with anyone? That's fine That's what we do here <laughs> My wife never listens to the podcast, and would you write? Doesn't she? She stopped listening. She's never listened to this one ever. No. Oh, she thinks we giggle too much. We had this discussion. Oh, okay, before. fair enough. That's probably that's probably fair criticism. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we have traditional questions that we basically ask everybody, and we'll get straight into those. Awesome. Uh, the first question is: Where and when did you guys have your first drink? We should probably change that to when was the first time you got drunk, because that's kind of what we're looking for. So we're not really looking for. Answers of like, oh, I had a sip of wine. My dad gave me a sip of wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We want the we want the dirt. Like, when was the first time you dirty, got dirty? Dirty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you want to go? Yeah, I don't know. I'll just think it through it. I suppose it was in high school, uh, and it was. I remember the drink because I've never drank it since because it wasn't <laughs> a good experience. It was a sub zero. Uh, oh, I can uh, lemon. 
Lemon RTD, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, man. But classy. I, yeah, it was classy. In a park? <laughs> I was. I think it was a. It was an, a a party that wasn't supposed to happen. One oh, of those right. ones. Yeah, and um, I, I remember I I didn't like beer at that time. I only yeah. grew to enjoy beer later, and so I had a pretty sweet palate, and um, that was pretty much the only thing that I thought I could I could drink at the time. And yeah, I drank too many of them and never have drank since. My my first proper job was bartending at a metro nightclub. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Probably all of the same vintage where we can remember that. Yeah. At Sub Zeros, behind Illusion Shakers, oh. Lemon Sub Zeros were the hot ticket item. So whenever anyone mentions Sub Zeros, I immediately remember the smell of behind the bar at mm. Metro Nightclub. It actually <laughs> makes me feel a little bit sick. <laughs> they were pretty. They were pretty nasty, but they easy to drink. They were so sticky, man. If you like, if you dropped any on you at all, you just felt sticky for days. Mm. Not, not a good drink at all. Who made that? Was that Smirnoff? I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I think, it, I think it burnt bright and then just disappeared just as, as quickly. <laughs> That's the most great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Shine on you, crazy diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> <Sub Zero. laughs> there was one. Like, there was two dollars or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Mike's Hard Lemonade would have well, been your. Yeah. The big one in the States that we had was uh, Zima. It was Zima. a crystal clear kind of vodka-based 5 or 6% bottle with like a weird ridge thing and like yeah. people would put Jolly Ranchers in them to flavor it. Oh. Mm. <laughs> That's next level, isn't it? It's a whole generation of diabetes sufferers. That's America. What about you, Justin? Do you remember? Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) some friends of mine from high school, we raided one of my friend's parents' um, liquor cabinets and also included in there was this black and red uh, bartending book. It's an old famous book that has how to make drinks. So we took that with these bottles and snuck them into a drive-in theater. Where we're going to see a double feature, and we had these Jurassic Park cups from McDonald's that used to do that. Do you remember that? When they yeah. used to do the cups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we made one drink of uh, Long Island iced tea because it used everything, and we thought that was hilarious. But it only filled up the cup like this much, like two fingers. And I was like, "Ah, oh, this is stupid. We should just—I mean, we got to fill up the cup, right?" So we drank four. We quadrupled the recipe and then filled up the cups. And we all had one glass, and that was the—that uh, was the end of my experience. I don't really remember what the second movie. Have you ever had Long Island iced tea again? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in America, um, uh, booze is a lot cheaper than Australia. Mm. So you don't have pesky excise and things yeah. like that. So, you know, um, growing in university, I went to Penn State in Pennsylvania, and um, there were a lot of bars that did $2 teas as a special. Whoa. So, you know, you'd go out and you'd just mm. drink. Like, there's none of these rules about RSA and invoking binge drinking. Like, it doesn't exist. So, you'd go out and you'd get dollar pitchers, Miller Lite. You know, you get free pictures if you order a thing of wings, um, and they have two dollar iced teas, all kinds of stuff. Two dollar really. iced tea. It's very gross. Because an iced tea would be like twenty bucks. Yeah, I get it. That's great. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only sort of similar thing here would have been remember the Chevron nightclub. Yeah. We used to, we used to do like do, dollar yes. dollar spirits, but it yeah. would the only downside of that it would probably make you blind after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'd have like they'd have like well screwdrivers. So before football games, it would just be like a big bucket of orange juice and vodka, and you take out a cup, and it'd be like a dollar. Oh man, I'm so many non-members. <laughs> <laughs> it's one that any of us are alive today. You might, you might win that prize this morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was a real surprise after I left the states to find out how expensive booze actually is. Mm. I lived in Singapore before I came here, and yeah. uh, 
I was like, oh, Singapore, way too expensive. Australia would be much cheaper. And then I came here and I was like, yeah, nah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Mm. <laughs> um, so you guys are obviously uh, brewers yourself. What was the first sort of craft-ish beer? It doesn't have to be 100% a craft beer, but sort of a more independent brewer or brewed beer that you have. Well, I'm, I'm not a brewer. I know a lot about it, but yeah. Justin, we'll leave that to Justin. Well, you have you're involved in your own group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, in terms of uh, what was my favorite, or oh, just, yeah, your favorite or the your first, first one you had? Mm. When did you sort of? I think uh, you know we we started enjoying beer in the early two thousand. So at that stage, there was like the the Belgium sort of yeah. onslaught. So there was the Leffes and the Ho Gardens were pretty much the fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I remember Sierra Nevada uh, being a big go-to, um, and that was um, th- that's that was really hoppy at that time. And I remember thinking, "Wow, this is like a meal in a bottle." Yeah. <laughs> um, and but it was it was amazing, and um, was blown away by how much flavour uh, was in that beer. I remember also like at the time, Little Creatures when it first came out, that was something that was pretty surprising as well in terms of flavour at that time. So it went from most beers just being generic and tasting the same in that sort of early 2000 period, except for these Belgian beers that were mm. cut above the rest, to just like, wow, where did all this flavour come from? All this hops is finally starting to get into yeah. beer, yeah. which I really enjoyed, and then it just went went from there. So you're about as one of those gateway beers as well, because people try the, the pale ale and, and, and enjoy that, but then you suddenly go, oh, hang on, they make 500 other beers as well, and so mm. you go... Oh, I enjoyed that one from there. So I'll, I'll give this odd beer that I've never heard of before a crack because it's got Sierra Nevada written on the tin. And I think that will try a whole lot of different styles that they wouldn't try under normal circumstances. Yeah, it's got the iconic once logo. They, it really yeah. stands out. Once they yeah. trust the brand. Yeah. Hey, so what was your first crafty... Oh, so... After you progressed from... Drinking oh, and drinking oh, and drinking Yeah. So, you know, it was a slow progression. Um... Now, basically, from there, you know, for us, it was all like, um, uh, you know, you can buy like a case of Natty Light when you're in high school in my hometown for $9.99. That's an entire case of beer. It's 4.6%. I mean, it's really gross. But, you know, if you saved up all your lunch money for a week, you were rocking. Um, (laughs) So, one weekend, we went to uh, this wine shop place. And, uh, you know, you have to be 21. So, I was like 17. And we were in there, and in the back, they, they had this little cool room, and they had all these imported beers that I'd never heard of. And then up in the corner, they had this big 750-mil bottle with a giant, devil, metal-looking dude on it, and yeah. this stone arrogant bastard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually in there in 1999, and it was $9.99 for the bottle. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the same price as a case of beer. And my friends were like, no, nah, no, nah, let's just go get the Natty Light. And I'm like, oh. You know, it's got a devil on it. This is metal, man. Yeah, this is pretty metal. And, you know, maybe it just totally wastes you. I don't know. You should check it out. And then we bought the bottle. And, um, you know, if you've ever had that beer, by yeah, today's standards yeah. now, it's like a pale ale. But yeah. back then, it was like almost undrinkable. Yeah, yeah. There was so much flavor and bitterness and hops. And the ABV was 3% higher. And immediately noticed that. And yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, that was kind of the beginning. Yeah. We had my last bottle of Arrogant Bastard in the Rye last Friday night. Oh, yeah, there you go. Talk about beers that have got a bit of metal in them. Oh, that one just nuts. That's the one aged in the Rye River. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was the 2015. So, sort of, even though it was an old beer, it was just still, still so intense. Still mm. cracker? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're right. Those labels are 
medalist. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> by back then standards, you know, you're looking at like all every beer had this little Budweiser label on it. You know, everything kind of looked like mm. that traditional patch logo thing, and then yeah. and now when you, you walk into a beer store or bar, you know, it's completely different. And, you know, I think that they were one of those guys that kind of helped with that, you know? Yeah, but <clears throat> even now when you look at labels where in, like, Sierra Nevada, where it's kind of like a pristine sort of field, like, yeah. most labels are sort of that, yeah, 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 and then yeah. you get to Aragon Bar. Fresh from the farm. Yeah, green yeah, glass. Like, it's like the freshest beer in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you get to, like, Bar says, it's like, wee, 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 It's awesome. Mm. Um, you guys are obviously setting up a bar out here in Glen Irison brewery, which at some stage, we'll yeah. talk about in a little bit. Mm. Um, where do you guys like having a drink in Melbourne at the moment, outside of where we are now? Well, Carwin Cellars. Yeah. Carwin Cellars is a great bar yeah. in terms of craft beer. Um, in the city, probably Boilermaker mm. House or yourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Uh, <laughs> excluded from these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> that allows me to say the Royal Mallard's Pizza. Yeah, yeah. From the... Um, yeah. Boilermaker House is very good fun. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Down the road from where I used to work. So I used to have, back when I had a real job and wore a suit in the city, mm. uh, yeah. I would often wear my suit in there to you know, make people slightly nervous. <laughs> Locally, though, <laughs> we don't have a huge amount of choice in terms of craft beer locally, but um, Otis Promise is a great one. Yeah. If you guys haven't been there, that's definitely worth checking out. Um, just off High Street. I'm fine in this room. So yeah, they got shop and they got maybe five or six taps. They've got some pretty great. They've got some pretty great selections there. Yeah, but yeah. Stonington needs more places. To they do. They the, they definitely yeah. do. Yeah. If you're listening, well. councillors from Stonington. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have that council on market corner day. I'm sure we'll get the message. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah. We need a great team here. Good. Yeah, good. yeah. Send the message. Yeah. Um, so, what about outside of Melbourne? We've already had a conversation about Long Island iced teas. Yeah, when we're not uh, drinking drive-ins. You know, no. <laughs> well, you're not doing that. Uh, uh, is there somewhere overseas, you know, we've had people talking about drinking craft beers on the French Riviera and all that kind of thing. Do you guys have a particular, it doesn't even have to be a bar, just somewhere in particular, like a city or something that you like? Uh, I really enjoyed Portland when I was there. I thought that was pretty... That's a pretty awesome city. Portland is a lot of fun. But that's a lot of fun. Really friendly people. Heaps of really good craft beer. Got yeah. a very Melbourne vibe. Very yeah. laid back. And there's just so much beer there. There is. And I got so, I mean, I got, I drank so much beer. I, I got um, hot, like hop heartburn or something, like some weird, <laughs> you know, I just couldn't handle hop, <laughs> hops for a while. <laughs> Had to go over the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just hop everything so heavily over there. But it's a great time. Great food too. I so think that's, that's a Genuine medical condition. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we should. We need to put that on the list as well. We've been keeping a list of all the places that everyone said. No one said Portland yet. So that would, that's no one has said Portland. Mm. The Corwin, Seattle, down down in California, that whole
you know, there's a lot of Australian brewers that are going over to China now, and they're building breweries over there now. Australian tax is listening, apart from councils, we know they listen a lot. It's going to justify the tax right off of our entire vertical tree. So, there's just a few more places that we need to go to. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to tax man, that's why we're claiming all of this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. When we launch those tax returns, we'll see what happens. Mm. It may not be a season three of the courtroom. Come on, you buy some Yeah, it'd be like the last thing of the Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except we'd be podcasting rather than playing great music. Um, so there's a question that we have that uh, is a little bit left of center. What is the strangest or funniest thing you guys have come across in a cool room? Obviously, because that ties in. We've already inspected your cool room this morning while, we, uh, while you guys think about your cool room. And so, so we've been out there and I love a good, you know, cool room. Nice and new, nice and fresh. Yeah. Um, it's like it's running very efficiently, unlike every a little messy. Like a little messy. <laughs> um, I haven't been in a huge amount of cool rooms, so. I don't have a lot of cool room experience, but um, uh, there's always something spilt on the ground, I suppose, <laughs> at every cool room, so you got to watch where you walk. Yeah, exactly. Um, about yourself, Justin? Oh, man, at the old brewery that I used to work at, we got 200 kilos of raspberries in, and we had to put them in the cool room because they were thawing out, the beer that we were going to do, yeah. and one of the bags was obviously punctured. Yeah. So the whole day, walking past it, it looked like, like someone had been brutally murdered in the cool room because it was dripping out the bottom of the door and pulling up, and nobody would clean it up. And I just, like, I walked by and I'd be like, somebody's got to go in there. And, like, nobody wanted to go in there. And I was like, all right. We got everybody together, and we drew straws now. I just picked the weakest one, and I was like, all right, going in. And then uh, we went in, and then, yeah, it was a total disaster inside. But, uh, yeah, I just remember that blood dripping from the bottom. It was like something out of the movie It, you know? Yeah. Like, creepy ass. How the best about cool rooms is that no one wants to clean them until it's 40 degrees, and so yeah. everyone volunteers to clean the cool room. <laughs> How long was that clean-up mission? Oh, my God. Because it was um, it was actually, it wasn't a cool room, it was a reefer, so it had those graded floors. Oh. So just imagine trying to get in between those, like, slots, yeah. because, you know, you put stuff in to slide across, like yeah, if you were yeah, like, yeah. shipping refrigerated products. Yeah. It was a nightmare. I think it was, like, a half-day project. We've got, a, we've got a big raspberry patch on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It literally that. looks like somebody got face. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally the cool yeah, yeah. Exact color of blood. Mm. Mm. Um, cool, but that's the. It is. I, mean, I suppose we could ask why is there raspberry in the in the core room? That's, that's a great you know, question. The, oh, in the core room here. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so one of our. Uh, one of our core range beers is the, the Lamington. Yeah. It's been a beer that's, uh, you know, probably one of the most popular beers in the Deeds range. It's a, it's a brown ale, you know, uh, made with coconut. So you get this nice kind of chocolatey coconut flavor. And, um, you know, not long ago, we were kind of talking about, we do recipe reviews where we look to, you know, continual improvement, you know, it's yeah. better, better, better. And we were talking about Lamington and we're like, oh, we can do this, that, and the other, and then all these ideas. And it was like, you know what? It just sounds like what we really want to do, make a different beer. Um, right. And then we went back and forth, and so we came up with this idea to make a double Lamington. So, you know, take it from 5.5, five, I think it is, to 8.5%, yeah. put it in a tall boy 440 mil can, because that's sexy. And then um, <laughs> add coconut to it, and then, you know, for shits and giggles, throw in 200 kilos of uh, raspberries. 
Uh, just to get it that kind of jammy, yeah. kind of coconutty, chocolatey kind of dessert thing. So this one, one of the bees we're going to have down at the roll. Alright, uh, so I may have done something there, David. What were you saying about the Lamington being at the... Was that the Royal Mail on Spencer? Well, 519 Spencer Street? <laughs> <laughs> 519 to 523, which causes all sorts of health problems. <laughs> <laughs> they presume that somehow we're 10 miles down the road from where we are, but it's 519 Spencer Street. Can't get <laughs> so yes, the double Lamington, which I think we were just talking about, is going to be one of the bees that we're going to have on tap for our first birthday paired up with delicious lemmingtons, and I'm about to do a, the good thing about having a little pause there, Damien, is that I now get to do a taste uh, test of both the lemmington and the double lemmington straight from the fermenter. Ooh. So talk amongst yourselves. This would be good radio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can make some slurping sounds, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I do have a drinking problem with the noises <laughs> I make while I drink. <laughs> Oh, genuinely, you are genuinely doing that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Mm, very raspberry. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. So we were saying as well that that's from speaking to the microphone rather than into my glass. Shouldn't I that again? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, that and the founders of Bass, for those who are uh, raspberry fans, will be at the Royal Mail at Spencer, 519 Spencer Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think we're about to hear about the pastry IPA. Ah, yeah, so, you know, we uh, uh, we decided that instead of making a pastry stout, we try to make some, uh, you know, do something maybe as an IPA again. And, uh, you know, we did, for Gabs, we did the Naked Brunch, which yeah. was our uh, kind of a breakfast Nipa that tasted like Macca's hotcakes. And wow. um, we decided that we would do something like that again. So we had a big discussion about what type of cake to use. You need kind of a base to start from. And um, one of the guys brought up this idea of a hummingbird cake. Which, uh, yeah, I had not really, I don't know if I've had one, it's kind of like a banana bread base type thing with pineapple and a, and then pecans and like a, a, a creamy carrot cake type icing, yeah. cream, you know, with uh, lemon zest. I've never, never heard of this one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Very uh, tasty. They're very tasty. Well, you're yeah. serving them with the, uh, with the IPA at the Royal Yeah, it's not a bad idea. It's a great idea. It's what yeah. we can do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, um, yeah, it's a Jamaican dessert originally, and then it got yeah, made right. famous in the states because um, Jamaica was sending out all these tourist things to the U.S. to try to get people back in the '70s to travel there. Yeah. And um, this lady that worked for Southern Living put it in the Southern Living magazine, right. and then it became kind of a staple of the South. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, apparently it's everywhere now. It's mm. a thing in Australia. I hadn't heard of it either. No. Um, so, yeah, we did that. So, today we matched in this morning. So, yeah. it's going to be a 9% hazy double IPA. We put in about two kilos of roasted pecans mm. in the mash mm. this morning. Um, and then um, we'll be adding pineapple as well as a, um, you know, a whole mix of vanilla, lactose, and different things to kind of give it that cakey texture. So, we'll see how it goes. So we had Joel on last week from Venom, who I know you guys know well, and he had some very straight talking uh, <laughs> comments about beers that don't taste like beer. Yeah, yeah, Is this yeah. still going to taste like beer? Oh, it'll definitely taste like a beer because it's still going to be hopped heavily and it's still going to taste like an IPA um, in that sense, but it's definitely going to have the flavors that you would find in a hummingbird cake in it. Yeah. So maybe you could say it's like a hummingbird inspired beer. Yeah. But I mean, I can't honestly say that if you drink it, that it's going to taste like taking a bite of the cake. Yeah. You're going to drink it. 
most likely get drunk from it. And there's 9% in a 440 can. Sadly, that kind of aligns with what Joel was saying. I was really hoping we were going to get some controversy there and we could have had the pair of you at the yeah. front of the pub having fisticuffs <laughs> to sort out <laughs> just how much beer has to taste like beer and still be called beer. Yeah, Joel and I have had many conversations about this and at the end of the day, it's like, uh, uh, it's one thing to believe what, you know, you know, if you want to, I better use a mint chocolate shake, you can just go buy one versus buying a beer that tastes like one. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on the flip side, you know, you have to ask yourself, what is it that the kids are buying these days? Mm. You know, I mean, you know, it's a big market beer in Australia. I know it's slowly, you know, decreasing a bit and craft is slowly increasing a bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's like, it's, a, it's kind of a different ballgame these days, I think, in terms of what kind of products you need to make to get attention because, I mean, compared to 10 years ago, there's so many choices. As, a, as someone that has a pub, I mean, I can't even imagine what you get walking through every every other day with samples trying to get on and a tap. An amazing amount of beer. Yeah. Genuinely yeah. an amazing yeah. amount of beer. And some really terrible beer. Oh. Particularly overseas beers. Like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not going to name names. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of rubbish out there. It, I, I, I think probably general punters don't realise how many bad beers there are out there that mm. hopefully never cross their taste buds yeah. mm. because someone's making a decision about what beers go on the list and what beers don't. Yeah, I mean, um, and, you know, the, the cheapening cost of equipment and people looking to invest in something like that and thinking that it's a, a cool hobby and they made a really cool lager in their garage and mm. their friends liked it, so they're going to open a brewery now and then, yeah. you know, you, you come out with, you know, you know, I mean, come out and try to bring, I mean, that's a good story. Yeah. And you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, home brewers are the face of this whole thing, so yeah. I'm not going to knock them. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's like, it's different than running a business, you know? Oh, and I think, amazing, I think yeah. as, as, as craft breweries continue to grow and it gets um, more and more intense, the competition and everything, it's going to be those that run themselves like a business that are going to have a better yeah. chance at success because they'll be focusing on quality, yeah. consistency, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, when, when David and I worked together at uh, David's last pub, we would sort of save the samples for our knockoffs, you know, and it was always a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, because you know, sometimes you get great ones and you're like, "That's amazing! God, I wish we had more," because you only had one. And then there'd be times where <laughs> everyone would go very quiet at the table, and then someone would finally speak up and be like, "This isn't very good." <laughs> the drain pour. Yeah, but don't it was, have shame. <laughs> but it was usually because they weren't focusing on one particular thing. You know, they were making wine and gin and beer, and this was their IPA. Yeah. But they're also a gin distillery <laughs> and, and a taxidermist. Yeah, and, you know, florist as well. Yeah, their floristry was probably fantastic. Yeah, but they weren't very good at making beer. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And you know, if you're making all these things and it's like, oh, we need an IPA, so we'll just make a, a, a basic IPA recipe and that'll be what we're gonna put out there. Mm. Whereas, you know, it's like, well, maybe we should really focus on this. Yeah, and try exactly. to make the best IPA that we can make. Yeah. You know, whether people like it or not, we know that this is what we want to do. Yeah, well, quality's gonna win out, especially in a market that's as crowded as I as oh. IPA market in Australia at the moment. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, if it's not any good, you'll get found out. Yeah, mm. pretty quickly. Yeah. Social media doesn't help with those things. <laughs> no, not just a good thing. But you can also get feedback quickly. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. And we started off, um, when we first started um, Quiet Deeds, or Deeds Brewing, in, back in 2012, we started as a contract brewer. And that, that makes it really tough to also, like, control not only the the range of beers that you, you bring out, but also just the quality of it as well. So um, what made you, you know, sort of, First of all, start out with what was the what was the moment where you suddenly went, 
I want to do this. Yeah, well, it was back in probably 2003 with Dave and I. Um, we were engineering students and we were sitting around going, well, you know, we want to want to start a business of some kind. We're both sort of business-minded. And... Um, the forestry market, the yeah. academic market, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. We, we looked at them, but no, there was nothing there. Um, and we were interested in beer, as most engineers are. They drink a lot. We drank a lot. <laughs> and um, we thought, oh, you know, it would be really neat to start our, our own brewery. And then we looked at it and we realised that, shit, this... Is pretty expensive, yeah. Especially when we had no money, so um, <laughs> like, oh, okay. And we don't actually know anything about beer or or selling beer or a business, so we thought we'd start it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We thought we'd start importing um, booze like right. beer. We yeah. thought, oh, that'd be a good way to sort of you know uh, dip our toe into it, risk a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. Learn a few lessons, and we started importing. Um, just um, yeah, we we approached a lot of different um, brands. Um, you know, so, funnily enough, we did, we're so naive. We we even approached like Grey Goose. That was not even in yep. the not even in the country yet. We're just sending him a letter going, "Hey, how about it, guys?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to whom it may concern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we have a third of a warehouse. We, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't even get a response. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yes. But we um, and and we didn't get we we got a lot of knockbacks like no uh, surprise surprise people aren't that interested in giving you control of their brand in another ter- like another market without you know some credentials and stuff like that so um, so but we did get somewhere with um, a really obscure beer in Bolivia called Pesenia. Yeah. Um and I've got some family over there so that helped um, <laughs> yeah, it helped also be able to speak Spanish because they could not speak English <laughs> um, but yeah we we ended up um, buying a container of that. On that of that beer, and it land. We were worried when we bought it because we we're like, well, you know, shit, is this going to actually turn up? Yeah. It did turn up, and we started selling it. It didn't sell well. Um, it had a really smoky kind of flavour, mm. um, which is kind of crafty now yeah. looking back at it. But then it was totally. A bit confronting. Yeah, it was totally off. Like a lot of a lot of people said, "What's that flavour all about?" And then mm. you know, because you can imagine, like back in the early two thousands, it was all about. You know, VB, yeah. and then a little bit of Pilsen, Pilsen yeah, yeah. Okay, coming in, bags. Exactly. Redback was, you know, that was crazy. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so we're there peddling it. But but what made that the most challenging is actually the supplier because the first container, when it landed, they said this had 12 months on it. When it landed, it had uh, nine months on it. And then because it takes so long to get stock over here, we had to order before we had even sold out of the first container. So we ordered a, that second shipment. When it landed, it only had three months left on it. So it was actually older than the stock that we'd already, we were selling. <laughs> so it was just a mess. Like they were all over the place with their best before dates and the flavor as well was difficult. So we get, you know, it was a learning experience, but we, let's just say it was pretty, pretty much a flop. Yeah. But it allowed us to, to, to get the rights to an Argentinian beer called Kilmus, which did a lot better. That allowed us to grow the business. We put on some people, and then it grew on grew from there. Yeah. And so our focus for for since then till about oh, 2012 was uh, importing. Right. Um, we had some big successes with with some imported products that we brought in, and that allowed us then to really refocus and and um, and try to get this original dream off the ground yeah. uh, led us to find this site then allowed us to get the equipment and all the rest of it that you need, needs to go into it and then you know 
here we are now. And the site's amazing. I've got, you know, we're sort of were wandering down the street looking for the appropriate sort of window Silver to climb in through. Yeah. Yeah. It turns um, out it is the whole street. It's, that's exactly <laughs> right. It's an enormous site. So how did you come to find the site? And it took a while. We looked everywhere. We looked in Collingwood. We looked in the west. We even looked as far as Hillsville. Yep. Uh, yeah, right. So we looked actually at the old White Rabbit um, site um, that was up for... Um, basically White Rabbit had pulled out of there it was an empty shell um, uh, that would have been a bit of a change if we had have got that one because um, we Dave and I were both live in a city so that would have been <laughs> a big change yeah um, country living yeah yeah <laughs> but we were originally from the country so we weren't that put off by that yeah. um, but then we we saw this site but when we first turned up and, we, and, and actually physically saw it we thought shit there's a lot of work to do here because it was a mess yeah. it was a, it was an old car workshop yeah. uh, former owner had had just like was a hoarder like had shit everywhere oh we know yeah. about hoarders <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was hard to vision like to sort of clearly have that vision of like how good it could be but yeah. the roof line was great and you know all the original trusses the brick wall it's yeah. pretty and it was it was quite unique for this area too because most most things in the Stonington area are like you know New, mm. brand new. There's not, there's not a huge amount of um, industrial. Industrial, yeah, industrial. This is the only industrial pocket here, um, and it's just a, it's a small street. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was hard to find. It, we really liked the fact that it was right next to a train station as well. We thought that was really awesome for having a tap room. Yeah. Um, so it ticked a lot of boxes for us, um, and we thought, you know, this area needed some needed some craft beer. It doesn't yeah. have doesn't have a lot. There's not really that many options around here. Um, so yeah, we thought we'd go for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that compared to like, say, moving into, because you said you looked at Collingwood, Abbotsford, Fitzroy area, I mean, you're going to have a lot more competition yeah. there than you are out so, here. That's what we figured, yeah. yeah. So we thought that would that created an opportunity. But also, it created, a, 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 I guess, a bit of resistance, you know, because... Um, the council in Collingwood would be really familiar with what a microbrewery and a tap yeah, room and all of that's all about. Yeah. Whereas Stonington, we had to kind of educate them all along the entire way. Really traditional suburb, Glen Iris, typically like traditionally dry. There were quite a quite a lot of conversations that need to needed to be had to sort yeah. of get them across the line. Because like the first reaction to, uh, I think the council is, is this going to be another pub that causes us a lot of problems yeah. mm. and that's not really what a tap room's about yeah no yeah um you know it's about the experience it's about having a a good time but but experiencing beer and really yeah. good quality beer as well as food and it's more of a community yeah our vision was always a community like a community venue yeah that people can come to a lot of the people that we've interviewed that's what they've that's what they're aiming for as well mm. like the girls at two birds uh, out in Spotswood and, and things like that where it's people go there they have dinner they try a few different beers it's not you don't have guys from two rival local footy teams no punching on no yeah. you know what I mean that's yeah. not going to happen because they're not going to they're not going to go there's no six dollar pots here man let <laughs> 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 me tell you exactly summed up in one sentence thanks <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? No, I'm going to leave all this in. <laughs> um, 
so we were touching briefly on some of the new fun beers that you're going to be making in coming weeks and months but out there looking at all the fermenters and so forth you've got enormous amount of capacity now what fun things can we look forward to oh, yeah. in coming times so we made a festivus which is like a winter lager yes. yeah six <laughs> percent uh it's a six percent box style lager yeah. you know with a bit of uh cinnamon and um bitter orange and uh, ginger in it yeah. kind of make it taste like a glue wine if you've ever been to the european mm. christmas markets so that's kind of a you know yeah. something that would be nice to sit back and sip on in the in winter, warm you up a little bit. Um, got Deeds Drought coming, which is kind of a, a South American inspired type lager with a twenty percent maize corn yeah, in the yeah. in the zoo. Any hint of smoke in it, or if no, smokiness. Uh, no smokiness. <laughs> we'll add that. Um, and then um, we're, we're brewing a, a, a hazy double IPA at the moment, or a hazy single IPA at the moment called um, uh, uh, Long Days and Pleasant Nights. Um, so that'll be, you know, about 24 grams per liter dry hop. Mm. So it'll be massive, massive, but 7.2%, so not as high as the double IPAs we'll be yeah. coming out with. Um, next month, I think we've got the, um, oh, and then the Hummingbird, obviously, um, and double Lamington. And then next month, we've got, um, we're making a triple IPA, so it'll be triple dry hopped, um, 10.5%. You're speaking uh, our language. Yeah. <laughs> 31 grams per liter dry hop. It's the most expensive beer that we've ever made. Mm. Excited. Thank you, Pat. Excited. Pat, did you realize this at the time? Or is that just slip the number We just slipped the numbers into email. Don't he, worry about he told it. me how good it would taste, and then that kind of, then I didn't hear the rest of it. What hops do you like for that one? Can you tell us which hops you're using? Um, I think, if I remember correctly, I think for the survivor type, we've settled on... A blend of Galaxy and Matueka. So it'll be probably, I think it's, I want to say it's about 18 grams per liter of uh, Matueka and then the balance done in Galaxy. So that's a pretty exciting beer. Mm. And then, oh, and then, um, yeah, the, uh, uh, we're doing a, a, a double IPA where we add Sauvignon Blanc juice into the fermenter yeah. to give it kind of a whiny flavor. Mm. Um, along with the uh, big hops and uh, everything else. And then uh, moving forward, you know, in, uh, in October, we're going to take over, uh, or at the very end of October, beginning of November, we're going to take over uh, Carlin Cellars. We're doing a Halloween event, Carlin Asylum. <laughs> really scary. <laughs> Not like little bats stapled to the wall. Yeah. We're going to put in like crazy people from the asylum walking around so that you really feel uncomfortable, you know, because that's what it's all about. The yeah. look in your eyes when you say that. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think you need to employ anyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just stand at the door, man. I was going to put yourself and myself up for crazy people. <laughs> crazy we need extras. Too. <laughs> it's a kind of event where you need extras. So you guys should come down. Yeah. If you like scaring people and, you know, intimidating people, then you're the you're it's the good person. Exactly. Yeah. That's what hospitality is all about. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. And from where we're sitting, we can look out at some barrels that are sitting over there. We're going to do a few more barrel things over time. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got 10 barrels um, with uh, our Imperial Stout aging in them. We put the Imperial Stout in it, went in at about 12 and a half. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. Um, and then we've got some wine barrels arriving here shortly in which we're going to start putting in um, uh, uh, our sour beers. So the sour program is going to kickstart. We've got a barley wine in the works that will be going in probably in the next month. And then um, 
You know, we're, we're, we're working with good friends of ours out in uh, near uh, Hillsville called Alchemy Distillers. Yeah. I don't know if you know those guys. Um, they're doing a bit of distilling for us, so we, we built up, we got about a thousand liters of whiskey aging at the moment in barrel, and um, hoping to add to that every month. So, you know, in two, three years time, we're gonna have, you know, hopefully something special there. And then yeah. we can start recycling those barrels, putting beer in and back and forth. Mm. So, so Patrick, your, your entire business plan has just been laid out in public there. Was that <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Pat? It's all right. We're we're um, we're pretty excited about it. So it's yeah. a, it must be amazing to finally sort of be in here and being able to do that range of things. Yeah, it is. It's a pretty wide range, and Justin and the team are super experienced and really passionate about it. And, and Pat and Dave have been awesome. I mean, yeah. they're amazing. You know, it's just been a lot of. Um, a lot of support to do these things and yeah. you know it's uh it's been great in that sense because you know there's a lot of places where it's like oh that that sounds like a really crazy idea how yeah. much is that beer going to cost per liter are you yeah. sure <laughs> you, i don't know maybe we should look at this and here it's like let's just see what happens and you know i think when you have that attitude you can really come up with some special products yeah, exactly. yeah we're all about experimentation and trying different things Absolutely. and and just refining as well like i even had the double time that we just had there with like Justin, uh, every time we, we brew it, we, we make it that much better, that much fresher. Um, and we try to do that with all of our beers. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting road. Like compared to where you know I was before. I mean here, you know we we use so many different kinds of yeast and so many different malts, and we've made so many different styles. It's just been um, yeah, it's been a great experience actually. Mm. Yeah. And we'll keep pumping them out. You know, no problem. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think we can probably wrap it up there, guys. Let you get back to. I'll, I'll just say one last thing. Yeah, if that's all right. If um, anyone who's listening and, and wants to support us um, in in the tap room, they can jump on and sign our petition. Oh, so yes. we'll be taking that to the councillors um, to in the very soon near future um, to get that application up up there again because yeah. um, we're really keen to. And that's online? That's online, yeah. So you can go to Go Petition and jump on there, sign sign your name. We'll appreciate the support. We'll put a link in the description of the podcast as well. So you can. So if you're listening to this and you want to support the boys, then just go to the description link in the podcast and click on that and be able to sign the petition. Which yeah. We should. As well. We should. Yes. You should. Um, we will. <laughs> Why did everyone get super defensive? All, <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for thanks for doing this, boys. We really nah, appreciate no worries. it, especially this early on a Friday Ooh. morning. And um, that's it. Thanks for coming down. No yeah. worries. Cheers. Who are you here? My thoughts are my own. Walking around the corner, of Bob is inside. Up there on the left, just past those lights. We've been there before, yeah, that place is alright. Let's pull up a stool and settle in for the night. I really, I genuinely really enjoyed that chat. Um, there's a little bit of industrial noise in the background there, but that's all part of the. It's a real working you can environment. know that we actually went to Glen Iris for you guys to have that chat. It wasn't just you, Damien, sitting up the back of the room going... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was happening, but also we were at the brewery. (laughs) I was just saying, I've had to have a quick sip of water because I've eaten a whole bag of salt and vinegar chips and my mouth is so dry. (laughs) This never used to happen to me when I was younger. I could eat a whole bag of salt and vinegar chips without repercussions. I can't anymore. I remember being younger and people would say, like, you know, parents or grandparents would be like, oh, I can't eat that anymore. Or, mm. I can't eat at that time. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Such a... Uh, anyone can eat anything, anytime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I 
I just feel like there's not enough hydration in my body to deal with a whole bag of chips that somehow, you know. You're such a hypochondriac. But at the moment, I'm literally like every 30 seconds having a giant swig from this gallon of water that I've got here. Well, I, put, I now put one chip in my mouth and all the fluid from my body, you know, rushes to my mouth, gets soaked up in the chip, but I basically pass out on the footpath. And turned into Mr. Burns. Yeah, that's exactly Just hunchback, right. sagging skin. Blake's got to bring over a little misting bottle and just re-mist my body to rehydrate it. I'm like those lizards that drink through their skin. Blakey, Dad needs to be misted again. Oh, Dad. No. Have you been eating <laughs> chips again, Dad? Just Maybe. the one. <laughs> I've curved off a slice of a chip. These are these may be the silliest intros and outros we've done for an episode yet. <laughs> I, that's think saying that something. I think that's right up there. Um, so that was a good chat. And uh, as we were saying before the uh, the interview, uh, the, those guys will have uh, a few beers on tap at the first birthday, which is the 24th. Correct. Oh, I can remember that. I can't remember a human being's name no, no, ten no, no. seconds after they tell me it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, check you, out their petition, uh, yes. which we will put on all of our social media. Yeah, so we'll put that out there. It'll be in your description guide right now. So if you're listening to it, you can hit the link and, and sign their petition, uh, which I think Pat mentioned right at the end there. Um, and you can follow us and share us with your friends and stuff. Um, we have two hundred Instagram followers, which is very. Yes, yeah. So thank you Uh, to everyone who's done that. Yeah, and people interacting on Facebook and Instagram, uh, more people rating and reviewing the show, which I know we say it every time, but it does. It helps. It really gets gets it out there. Uh, So it's Cool Room Podcast, oh, at Cool Room Podcast uh, on Instagram, uh, at or Cool Room Podcast on Facebook, and Cool Room Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, that's the only avenue that no one gets in contact with us. (laughs) Let us, let us know. Let's do like one texting 131774. <laughs> yes. because Don't text the ABC. Well, you can if you want. but <laughs> Let's not go back there. We've done that joke. There's no, no point um, milking that one, David. No, I was going to be sensible for a second. Yeah. I'd be like, don't do it, but then immediately decided, no, you should do it. Um, but but yeah, yeah, if you've got questions for our one-year anniversary show or anything like that that you want to yeah. know things about, it makes it more entertaining for us. Yeah. Else. And also, if there's um, someone that you think we should speak to um, – I think I said this on the last episode, but I'm mucking around with a, a digital studio, which means that we can actually record with people who are not in the room. Mm. So, you know, if you're in Sydney or Brisbane or New Zealand beyond the grave. or <laughs> beyond the grave, it's a digital it's Ouija board. <laughs> I've been chatting to John Lennon all weekend. It's been amazing. Uh, <laughs> He does not like Paul. Uh, I was going to say, he does not like me. He goes, I'm supposed to be having some eternal rest here, Damien, and all you keep on And I'm just like Chris Farley from (laughs) SNL. It's like, hey, remember that time, 966, you you guys played the Budokan three nights in a row and sold out? That was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Anyway... um, I just remembered a little hospitality story. I didn't know whether to tell it or not, but I've already blurted out, so I might as well. This morning at the uh, Toast Cafe on Errol Street, four Richmond players walked in to order coffee I'd straight after. Did you me. have a little squeak? I <laughs> did, but it was so into. I it took all the strength I had not to go over and annoy them. <laughs> 
But where, why? I mean, Toast is a good cafe, but when did it become the celebrity hub? There's Juicy Gamb- uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Juicy from MCW, now four Richmond players. And you of and me 774 from the, fame. From the, from the ABC, from the wireless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was tuning my crystal set into your podcast the other night. I actually just, when I talk to my popper about this, I just tell him it's a radio show because it's too hard. To explain what it is to him, <laughs> yeah, I, I think even my parents struggle with that whole thing. Mm. It's a so is you, it a radio show? Well, kind of. Well, how yeah. do I get it? Well, you have to get it on your yeah. phone or on your yeah. computer. So you and Damien sit by yourselves in a room. Yes. <laughs> Other people studio? listen. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> some. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's enough. We, we'll let you guys go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, rate and review it, share it with friends, uh, share it on socials, uh, all the things you've already been doing. Um, it's getting, our empire's getting bigger all the time <laughs> and, um, we have you guys to thank for that. So thank you very much. But, um, yes, we've got a whole bunch of interviews and stuff lined up. So we'll have a new episode out in two weeks. No, maybe even sooner than that. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Good night, Damien. That's it. <laughs> Go out and get stuck into a few I'm gonna spend